Greetings, boils and girls, and welcome to another episode of Tales of the Pod Crypt. I'm your host, Wade, and today we are discussing episode 5 of season 1, Lover Come Hack to Me, with returning guest Diana Koch from Jowl the Month Club. And, of course, thank you for listening to this, this series. We've gotten some good feedback from people. Thank you. We would like more feedback. And apologies for this past week. This past week, this episode was supposed to be up last week. And I entered production on a film, a short film, uh, the last weekend of March. And basically, I had seven hours of sleep the entire weekend, which resulted in a six-hour nap on the Monday I was supposed to edit this and upload it. So that pretty much threw off my entire week. And this episode is... A week late. Apologies, but it's a good episode. A little disclaimer is this episode was recorded on Skype, so the quality is not the greatest as it could be in previous episodes. And before we jump right into this episode, we got to talk about Jen Tonin, the person to the music. She's great, isn't she? You heard it. She's great. Go check her out on jentonin.bandcamp.com. And you can follow us on Instagram, Tales from the Podcrypt. Pretty easy to remember. So... Let's just dive into this ghastly tale right now. And now we are here with returning guest Diana Koch from Jalo of the Month Club. Hi, here virtually. Yeah, we're here virtually, uh, mostly because we weren't going to record in person. But thanks, COVID. As of this recording, I am going to be filming the next weekend. So I've been quarantining hardcore and i have anxiety and hypochondria so (laughs) yeah you're one week away from filming and you know pretty sure i don't have the (laughs) covid (laughs) but let's be safe and be cautious and record via skype happy to be here thanks for having me oh no problem no problem it's always a pleasure to have you on the show last you did the first episode and now you're doing the fifth episode, Lover Come Hack to Me, which is a pun. Pretty you good. Know. You know, I like a good pun. I know. So that's why I was like, this is great. Actually, I think you saw a screenshot of this and saw a lot of blood and you're like, I'm in. <laughs> Probably. That does sound like me. Okay, so we're going through all of them. And I'm going to be real. A lot of this first season's very like kind of campy and not campy, more of like safe. Compared to how dark they get later on with other. Oh, I mean, this was campy, but it, it was dark. We can, yeah. I, we'll get into this a little later, but I found this one to be incredibly dark, especially compared to the first episode. Oh yeah. Oh, 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 oh yeah. And there's episodes that are darker. We're doing Lover Come Hack to Me from June 21st, 1989. So you weren't there. even born yet. I wasn't even born yet. You were three. Three. (laughs) Uh, And it's also based on the issue Haunt of Fear, number 19. And (laughs) let's just dive into it, I think. Before. I have a a quick question before you dive into it. When you say it's from an issue, does each issue have multiple stories? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, Usually the EC comics, like the tales. I'm not sure about. Uh, because not really in this season, but later seasons, there's suspense stories and crime stories. I don't know if they are multiple stories in one issue, but I know Tales from the Crypt and Haunt of Har, Haunt of Har, Vault of Har, <laughs> are 
and Haunted Fear are like that because I have actual issues somewhere deep in my comic box of these issues mm-hmm. and animal stories. But it's from the issue Haunted of Fear number 19. Interesting. First story, I'm not sure. Got it. All right. So before we get into it, um, have you been watching anything? Anything interesting? Anything fun? You're, have, what have you been doing since we st- talked to you four weeks ago? Man, I had a <laughs> a Marvel marathon over the weekend. I watched Captain America Civil War and then Endgame, which I haven't watched either of those since pretty much probably seeing them in theaters. Long movies. I don't particularly care for Civil War. I wish it wasn't a Captain America movie. Like, that's an Avengers movie. It's not a Captain America movie. Um, I also rewatched Halsu, which Ooh. I know you like that. And that is a fantastic film that I really like. That's cool. So you don't like Civil War that much. <laughs> no. I don't. No. Um, but also, oh, man, something that's not horror that I've been watching, which I will mention this on another podcast episode that will soon be released. Ted Lasso, the Jason oh, yeah. Sudeikis comedy show about football, soccer. Very, what? very, very good. Uh, it's on Apple TV. You might be able to run it maybe on Amazon, but I watched it on Apple TV and very funny. I can't wait to rewatch it. I feel like it's going to be one of those that every time you rewatch it, you find a new, you know, inside joke or like someone's expression that just is hilarious. Um, so Ted Lasso on Apple TV, if you're looking for something funny to watch in this trash pile of a year, Ted Lasso. And also, if you're trying to find something to watch on Apple TV, period. Because I've only, <laughs> I was only got Apple TV. I think I watched an episode of uh, what is it called? It's by Mac from Always Sunny. What is it called? Mystic Mythic Quest. That's what it's called. Oh. Yeah. It's about the game industry <laughs> and you know making games, which is mm-hmm. always fun to hear about. Close to home. Close to home for you. Very close to home. Okay, let's just dive into this. You ready to Let's dive into this? Okay. Heck yeah. Screenplay was by Malcolm McDowell. No, sorry, Michael McDowell. Sorry. <laughs> Not Malcolm McDowell. That interesting. I, was, I had to do a double take. Like, wait, what? Yeah. So Michael McDowell, he was a novelist who wrote The Amulet and the Blackwater series. I don't know what that is, but he wrote a series of books. That's impressive. But basically, screenwriting-wise, he helped with Beetlejuice. But also, he wrote a bunch of Tales from the Dark Side episodes. And then, the director. The director was Tom Holland. I did make a note of that. You know who Tom Holland is, right? Would you like to tell him who he is? Spider-Man. I'm kidding. Uh, he is the director of my favorite vampire movie Spider-Man of all time. Spider-Man definitely wasn't even... That Spider-Man was not even alive when this episode came out. Yeah. Yeah, we should, you know what? For future Tales from the Crypt episodes, we should be like, and Tom Holland was only this old, this year's old. <laughs> he I was should, like, neg- he-, he was like negative, like negative, like probably like eight years old when oh, this no, came no. Out. I'm going to do a quick Google right now, everyone. Live Google. Quick Google. Tom Holland is 24 years old, and he was born in 1996. So maybe he caught the tail end of the last seven year. No, he was eight. Yeah, eight years, yeah. seven, eight years old. Negative. <laughs> yeah, negative. I'm gonna say he is not eight years old. But anyway, 
This is Tom Holland, director of Fright Night, which is my favorite vampire movie, period, and Child's Play. Mm. And he eventually work again with Michael McDowell on Thinner. Okay. Yeah. So, hey, he does that. And that's fun. I've never seen Thinner. Yeah, but- so he's sort of a... He's very familiar with the horror genre. It's it's apparent that he has some experience. He's pretty well known, especially with a little bit more of um, well, you know, it's in the eighties, so you know, he was a a pretty big name in horror in the eighties. Oh yeah, and now we gotta get to the cast. Mm-hmm. It's a small cast, a uh, very small cast. We mostly are gonna talk about the couple, the married couple, the mm-hmm. newlywed couple. <laughs> Peggy is played by Amanda Plummer, and we you pretty much know her as Honey Bunny from Pulp, from Pulp Fiction. Fiction. Yeah. But you, apparently, I didn't know this. You know her from more things, Diana. She was in Hannibal. Yeah. She was Catherine Pims, and also she was in Hunger Games Catching Fire. As she was. Virus, as Virus. Yep. And before this episode, she mostly did television and TV movies. That's about it. She hasn't really done anything huge. And she looks the same. Oh yeah. She looks exactly in the hunger, hunger games. Well, and also to be, (laughs) to be fair, the YouTube video that I watched this on, I could hardly see (laughs) make out facial features. It was very bad quality. Um, So yeah, so she looks the same. (laughs) So you watch this movie underwater. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, Stephen she- Stephen Shell plays Charles. Mm-hmm. He's mostly a television from like Hollywood Wives, and he was even in the Alfred Hitchcock Presents. I'm not sure which one it was, but he was in one of them. And he would go on to be in The Bodyguard and more, more, more television, more '90s stuff. Yeah, so Amanda Plummer pretty much is the she's big name. Do bigger movies. He's been mostly focusing on television. But with that hair, how could you? get out of television no way great hair but (laughs) we'll get into the synopsis now on the dvd box here is the synopsis her stocks bonds house charles loves everything about peggy and wants to make sure their honeymoon is a night of murderous passions but there's a family secret peggy never told him (gasps) gee willikers what could it be now, we can dive right into the episode. Are you ready, Diana? Are you ready to dive into this episode of Tales from the Crypt? Yes, I watched it underwater, and I'm ready to dive in. Yes. And to solve the underwater thing, guys, whoever owns the rights to Tales from the Crypt, put it on a streaming service, guys. Come on. Please. Come on. Please, just for this podcast. Come on. <laughs> I, I'm going to have to start buying all the guests, the recurring guests. Just Here's the, here's the entire box set. I'm just going to buy everyone it. Yeah. Merry Christmas. We're going to, it's, your, it's your birthday? Here you go. Here's a gift for me, pretty much. All right. So the opening segment is Tales from the Crypt. Tales from the, it's the Crypt Keeper with a meat cleaver and undescribable meat. <laughs> I don't know what that was. It was kind of yeah. gross looking. Yeah. I eat it. And like always, another dramatic reading by me. Um. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> It's good to have your back, you horror-hungry humans. You know by now who's here to feed your fear. 
It's me, the Crypt Keeper, with another flesh-creeping scream story for your shivering pleasure. I'm calling this bite of bitter bile. Lover, come hack to me. So plump up that coffin pillow and settle back your bones. We're going to take a little ride to Honeymoon Hell. Mm. There we go. Now, right into the episode. I felt like that intro was really short compared to some of the other ones. Yeah, the first season was very like they're still trying to find their footing on the Crypt Keeper. They never really do in the first season. It's always this, like, ah, I'm the Crypt Keeper. But season two, you'll see a big difference. Yeah, it's the same guy, though, too, right? Yeah. Same and guy in the first season? Yes, I say it. Like, season one is six episodes. It's the shortest season. Season two is the longest season with 18 episodes. Whoa. So they got a budget after that. Hmm. And HBO money. Good for them. Yeah, so now we're starting to move the episode and the big picture of Justice of the Peace House? Yeah, it's like a courthouse. They got mar- That was a courthouse? Okay, I thought, is that a funeral home? Did they get married in a funeral home? <sighs> Doesn't matter. Wedding music is playing. Love is in the air. Charles, I wrote in my notes, Charles with the awesome hair. And I kind of thought to myself, my hair is this length. Your hair is that length. I didn't oh. want to call it out and, you know, in front of the, the listeners that can't see you right now. But your hair is very similar <laughs> to Charles right now. I'm taking a picture of myself <laughs> while recording. And because I took it, I'm going to put a side by side on Instagram of, uh, of me and him. When the episode, yeah, 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 do that when the episode's released. Yeah. We can say who has the better hair. Spoiler, I do. <laughs> Instagram, Instagram poll. And Tales from the Crypt fashion, of course, the bride has a fortune. Yep. Of course. I mean, what is he? I wonder what's going to happen. You know, I think, I don't think he actually loves her. I think he may have married her for her money. We'll have to see, I guess. And mm-hmm. we meet Aunt Edith, played by Lisa Figgis, or Figgis. Uh Sadly, she passed away at the age of 93 in 2017. Whoa, not sadly. It's a long-ass life. It's a good life. Uh, she's mostly known for being uh, in from General Hospital and a bunch of small roles in movies like Armed and Dangerous with John Candy and Dutch, which is a John Hughes-written film. Yeah, I mean, she had a really small part in this role, so I'm sure she's probably not a leading lady. No. She is like, nope, there's another actor. I was about to say, she is the only, aside from the two main characters, she's the only actor. There is one more actor we'll get to. Mm-hmm. And so they, they're going to go on their honeymoon. I don't know where they're going. They're driving somewhere, <laughs> and it's raining, and and she can't read maps. You realize that Peggy is really kind of inept with things. Yeah, she's like kind of childish, like childlike. Yeah, she's like, I can't, I can't read the map. And also, oh my God, also the way she talks doesn't help. Yeah, I can't, I'm so scared. And so there's a tree in the road. And of course, there's a gun in the club compartment. Why wouldn't you have one? You're going to Morocco? Or Hawaii, wherever they're going for their honeymoon. Yeah, they're driving to Hawaii, Wade. Yeah. Well, <laughs> she could be like, I, I, I think we can just drive there. I don't know why she sounds like a cartoon character when I do it. 
She that's how she sounds. Okay. <laughs> so they're like, we can't go anywhere. There's a spooky house, abandoned house, and let's just go in there. And they do, and well, of course she finds a key. And Charles is like, let's go in. And um he carries her through the threshold, which is very romantic. I don't know about you, but my heart was like, my heartstrings are being pulled on this one. Yeah, except for she kind of had to nudge him, but that's their di- that's their dynamic, you know, yeah. is that he's not. I guess we'll get in when we get into spoiler territory, but she kind of has to like pull his leg to to get him to be romantic or do any type of sweet gesture. But at that point, you're like, why would you marry this guy? Yeah. Well, then we find out. And you think, why would you marry this woman? She's scared of everything. And she can't for her, be for her money, which we yeah. know. Yeah. And then they go into the spooky house and it has working electricity. If you notice, they turn on all the turn on lights. Only some lights have electricity. They turn them on and they just go on. And you're like, who's paying an electricity bill? Who knows? Tales from the Cliff Logic just throw it out the window. And he's like, I'm going to light the fire. And they light the fire. And he's like, take off your clothes. And I'm like, K Dick. <laughs> and. Okay, I wrote it down. At the eight-minute mark, we see man butt. <laughs> I saw underwater man butt. <laughs> yeah. You saw what man butt would be if you were underwater, like if you were yeah. skipping. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes and afterwards, he just sits on the couch in front of the fire. And you know what? Sometimes you got to sit naked in front of the fire. Yeah. And then she's like, you know, you're not really attracted to me, are you? And he reassures her, and then then we got to get into it. Bow, chicka, bow, wow. About to get to action, but she yells to stop on the couch because she wants that bed. That's how I wrote it. That bed. And then they're just going to have sex on a gross-ass bed. Like, but, would you- but throughout this... Up until now, there's a few instances where things are, like, really convenient. Like you mentioned, she bumps into the the pot, and there's a key underneath of it. The fireplace has a fresh, you know, fresh logs and newspaper in it. Um, There's, conveniently, some electricity. And then they go upstairs, and the bed's conveniently made. And every instance of this, she comments, like, oh, gee willikers. How convenient that this happened. It must be faint. Oh, yeah. She, she's so creepy. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like he's lighting the candles and holding a gun. So you know he's up to no good, but he's also trying to be sexy, of course. Yeah. And she's in the bathroom getting all sexed up because I couldn't really describe how what she was doing. She's putting She put makeup on. She just changed from her more um conservative look to like thigh high stockings and gardeners and like a little corset. So she was like really getting like sexed up and then she walks out the door and he's like, Oh, and you could just see like a little, like his eyeballs pop out of his head basically. Yeah. Cause he's not he's used like, to seeing her like that. He's like, Holy cow. And yeah. then have like, okay. 15 minute mark halfway point of the episode. They have a sex scene. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's either it, it's kind of sweaty and slow. I don't know if it was erotic because then he was like, 
you really are a virgin. She's like, yes. And he was like, good. And I was like, ew. (laughs) And then there's intense orgasms. It's so intense. It cracks a clock. Yeah. I was a little confused about that because I had, I hadn't, (laughs) because how does that work? No. Um, have you seen this episode before watching yeah. it this time? Okay, so I hadn't seen it. So I didn't I had no idea like where this episode was going. So I didn't know if like this was a possession episode. I didn't know if this was a like haunted house. Deem like the devil. I I didn't know like where it was going. So when they had that scene where it was like supposed to be like the orgasm scene, I didn't know if that's what was happening or if like something spooky was happening. Yeah. Oh, it's just, they were, they were having sex so hard that it cracked. It just, it just had a rip in space and time. Apparently <laughs> the space time continuum. <laughs> As she quotes, we made a child and I was like, Oh, I was like, okay. You, I was like, you just killed my vibe so hard when she said that. We made a little baby. She's this big. I'm like, oh. And I'm like, lady, I'm in the middle of masturbating here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was not. And then Charles goes to sleep. Then he wakes up alone. There's a car sound outside. And he sees Peggy greet some dude outside. And you're like, oh, oh, what's going on here? At this point, what were you thinking? Since you've never seen this episode. So I thought that she basically. Like was hooking up with all these guys to do something. I don't know, like some kind of like possession or sacrifice thing. I didn't know. Like I thought it was her in her own body luring all of these different men to the house. And that's just where my 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 head was in that scene. Okay, okay, and um, they're all wearing fifties attire, pretty much. And she's like, "I want to have sex on the couch somewhere." Perfect. Yeah, yeah. And she loves saying "perfect." It's it's perfect, mm-hmm. perfect. But the man, yeah, yeah, yeah. but the man, Alan, is played by Richard Eden, who, funny enough, was also in another horror anthology called Freddy's Nightmares. But he also would be starring as RoboCop, or Alex Murphy, in the RoboCop television series, hmm. which I've never watched. I've never watched. Uh, you know me in te- RoboCop. Yeah. I never watched the television series. Apparently, he's also credited for RoboCop Four, which I didn't know existed. <laughs> so I'm hunting down that RoboCop Four and see what the hell that's about. But anyway, Alan and her have sex. This is a very sexual episode. Yeah. Like, very, like, I might have to light some candles watching this. I don't know. Anyway. And then, of course, when, when you're thinking of these sexy scenes, you forgot about the foreboding axe on the wall. And, well, she grabs that axe. And Charles is like, oh, no, before the axe, I forgot to mention the axe. that she's like, oh, I like you. And Charles, all of a sudden, now he's like, he likes her? Like, he's like feeling hurt and betrayed yeah well he gets like he gets pussy whipped after they have sex once and he gets all in his feels and he's 
confused and wondering what's happening. And then he's like, oh, maybe she's doing to me what I did to her. And just she's just using me. He's in the same position that I am where I don't know what the heck's going on. And then she's downstairs. She makes love to Alan. She does the whole, oh, we made a baby. It's a girl. Creepy baby talk. Then it's perfect. And she gets the axe. Yeah. And she's like, wake up, wake up. And she starts chopping. And Charles is like, he tries to stop her. And then wait, what's going on? He goes through her like a ghost. Whoa, and I was even confused in that scene because I didn't know if he was the ghost or she was the ghost. <laughs> oh, okay. So it's like Patrick Swayze ghost where he got killed. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, and you're like, oh, what the hell? And then there's a line where he's like, he's laying back on the wall. And it's a weird, terrible ADR line where he's like, that's not Peggy. They're ghosts. And you don't mm-hmm. see his mouth moving at all when he says it. And and then she's like, oh, Alan. And then Peggy's father's name is Alan. So you're like, wait, what? what, what, what? Which do they do they disclose that information? Her parents name names? I don't really. I didn't take note of that. I don't think she did. I think it was just that was just explained to the audience that it's his. It's her father and her parents, pretty much. And everything's starting to come together to him. Until he wakes up. He wakes up in Nightmare After saying, please, God, no. And he wakes up. And Peggy's like, it's, it's just a nightmare. Are you okay? You're good. And she goes to get a towel because he's sweaty and going crazy. And he's like, oh, man, I had a dream that your mother killed your father. And then she's like, well, that's weird because that's exactly what happened. <laughs> and then she pulls out the axe and you're like, yes. And uh, she's like, it takes even more of a turn. Yeah. She's like, I want a perfect night like my mother did. And like, uh oh. And then he's like, I'm going to shoot her. I'm going to shoot you. I don't like you at all. And she's like, no bullets. And you're like, got him. I know. He almost got her too. Yeah. And then she just starts chopping. I guess she chopped him in the dick. Based on the placement of his body and where the axe is, I'm assuming it's the groin area. So she's covered in blood, metal as fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and then afterwards, a beautiful morning. And here comes Aunt Edith. And it's adorable. It's a very nice, happy little ending, I guess. Not for Charles. No, no, no. He's dead. Yeah. And then, as always, we close out with the Crypt Keeper. And he puts a top hat on. And he's like, hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. No, he actually says this. Talk about family traditions. All you bouncing bachelors out there, a word of warning. Before you take your matrimonial plunge, check out the bride's background. Open her closet door and see if there's any family secrets fall out. Beware of skeletons unless they're yours truly. <laughs> and that's the episode. How are you? What, what do you think about this episode? It's not as it's not as impactful as like a man who was dead. It's a very, very easy story, really. 
So this episode, I found to be genuinely tense, and it could just be because I was very confused through most of it. But maybe that's what they were going for. Uh, it didn't help that, of course, I couldn't really tell a lot of the details visually what was going on. But I thought that it was very dark in tone. I thought that it was surprising. Yeah, it was a little cheesy and over the top, but that's kind of what, you know, you know what you're getting into when you're watching a Tales episode. And I didn't hate it. I, I thought it had some great twists. Um, and I did make a note, though, about that last closing scene with the Crypt Keeper. This made me laugh. He puts the hat on, and then at one point, the hat just falls off of him. <laughs> I just wrote, his hat fell off, LOL. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, great charm reply. Like, I don't have any takes. Just, 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 leave, just leave it. Yeah. Like, he's being so serious and foreboding and creepy, and then the hat just falls off of his little fake head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. Like, if I had to give it out a rating, like, three out of five. It's about, about it's not, it's nothing that's not going to be in the top 20 Tales from the Crypt episodes you gotta see before you die or something like that. So that's about it for this episode. Bloody gore, tense, lots of sex. Lots, lots of sex. If you like mm-hmm. slow, steamy, murderous sex, you like this episode. It may be your favorite episode. Possibly. Yeah. So um, as we close out, Diana, do you have anything to plug? Of course. So I have my podcast, Jalo of the Month Club, which is available on Anchor.fm and also all of other podcast platforms. And you can also follow along at Jalo Club on Twitter and Instagram. So this is the last time we're seeing you on this season of the Tales from the Pod Crypt, but I already have you penciled down for a lot, for a couple episodes for season two. So don't worry, everyone. Diana will come back, and I got some great episodes for her. And Wade's going to get me some actual um, real footage so I know what I'm watching. Yes, I might just fall <laughs> my season two because chances are I've seen season one through three so many times I can maybe I can't quote them verbatim, but I can I can remember everything about them. So yeah, that's it. And of course, you can follow Tales from the Podcrypts on Instagram. That is Tales from the Podcrypts. Also on Twitter, guess what that is? Tales from the Podcrypts. And our YouTube, which has other stuff we do, Criterion Connection, which you've been on. And I, you'll be on a future episode, actually, I realized. And, you know, B-Movie Den, all kinds of stuff. YouTube.com slash Mint Productions. And you can follow me on Letterboxd. That is Suede MCP. And that's about it. So until next time, kitties.